Hello and welcome to episode 90 of Inside the WF with me, Andrew Sinclair. It's a special finals day episode of the podcast after the end of the 2022 WF World Championships. I've said for a long time that the biggest milestone in what the WF had been trying to do for the last couple of years was actually running the first major. After setbacks of cancellations and delays, running the first one was was of paramount importance because once they'd done it once and done it well, as they did over the last nine days, that's evidence that they can do it again in the future and that the game is in safe hands under their stewardship. I thought Richard Ashdown and his team of referees were brilliant all week. And obviously Richard and Nick Rolls have been doing a phenomenal job behind the scenes. I thought everything ran really smoothly. I thought the presentation team on Eurosport and the commentary team was fantastic. It's lovely to see a variety of you know, professionals and you know, former Lakeside participants during the week offering punditry and insight. It felt like a really varied programme. It was lovely to see such global representation in the field, you know, 48 men, 24 women. It was brilliant. And the quality got better as the week went on. There were a number of record-breaking performances, a number of wonderful stories. And it ended with a finals day that felt like a really neat bow on the week that had your four new world champions crowned. You'll hear from all four of those world champions on this week's show. That's Eleanor Cairns, Bradley Rose, Bo Greaves, and Neil Duff, as well as the, the woman who was the face of the WDF World Championship coverage on Eurosport, Lindsay Hipgrave, and a man who's been a three-time Lakeside finalist in the past, but was a pundit and commentator this year, the silverback Tony O'Shea. Hope you enjoy this week's show, kicking off with the Duff man, Neil Duff. Earlier in the week, you said they should have called you Lazarus, and you <laughs> came from 3-0 down against Jim McEwen. Richard Ashdown introduced you during the week as the British Pentathlon England National Singles Slovak Masters Champion. I can now introduce you as the WF World Champion. Neil Duff, how are you feeling now? Uh, I'm over the moon. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't really had a chance to sing in yet because I've just been I'm being pulled left, right and centre. But um, I think once I get down into the room tonight and, and chill, then make the phone calls... That's when I'll sink in. I got to be buzzed whenever Richard Ashton called me the champion of the world. I did. I did say at the start of the week I was going to be crowned on Sunday night. Um, I will be a hundred percent honest. Mid part of that game was the first time this week where doubt crept in. Actually, where I actually did think about losing it. I was terrible the first four or five sets. It was terrible, but when, when I went, I was 3-2 down, and I went, well, I'm playing the worst darts ever, and I'm still hanging on to the coattails. So then I started firing. When I started firing, I kind of went, I took the 1-2-1, and I think that was a turning point. I got the crowd behind me. I started giving it my usual, um, which, again, whenever I played Jim McEwen, it was missing for the first three sets. Um... And yeah, and I got back into it again, but Trey Bolts is a quality player and he's so hard to shake off. And he played he played really well. And it was just the odd leg was the difference, I think, in the, in the whole match, where he, he didn't get going. Get in four sets each, side bank it back at 140, he went 22. And that was when I knew this is over, this is, this is done. But yeah, I, I, enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the game. But I could have made it a whole lot easier myself. What do you think it was in those first few sets? Because you couldn't seem to find a treble for love nor money. And then, and then the odd time you did get down to a double, you were nowhere near, really. In, in fairness, actually, I, just, I was just speaking about it up the stairs here with Bo. Um, I think the practice boards are a touch off. There's not there's four practice boards, not one of them is the same height. And I was struggling. So then... We're starting to practice the in there, and then you come in to the stage board, and everything was just that half an inch high. Everything was half an inch high, and and then I was overcompensating, and I was snatching, and it just it took so long to get back in. But the last time I played treble, 
was the Isle of Man Masters final and I give him a 3-0 head start again I, I really need to stop doing that if I can hit the ground running the way I did last night against Rich Finster I can see these games out without so much drama but they know what the crowd loved it and they got their money's worth absolutely now you said to me six months ago you know when you won the England National Singles you said you'll be speaking to me at Lakeside when I'm the world champion now obviously it's been a bit longer than that you know that, that you obviously thought it was going to be January have there been points in that time where you thought you know you weren't as confident or, or have you always maintained that belief that you know this was your destiny winning today I, I, I brain trained myself that I, I, was, I, was, I was determined I was winning it I knew I could win it I know I have the game to win it um, pre after Christmas not going to Q school having to wait then the guys get brought back in again up there it was it was, it was, it was hard on me physically mentally but I had to keep clicking but, but I had enough local darts to, keep, to fire myself into I won the Northern Ireland Masters won the Northern Ireland Gold Cup so, uh, but I've stayed competitive, and you kind of, yeah. When it, whenever the, the announcement was made that the guys who had got the tour cards were coming back, I was I was sore that morning. But by the afternoon, you have to just wipe your mouth and you go, right, it is what it is, and you just got wired back into it again. Um, I still prepared the same way, still practiced, trained. Um, I, I do a lot of work with Stephen McKibben from Assured Hypnotherapy who is awesome by the way if anyone anybody wants to push on this game and they just need a wee bit of help just to, to focus and to have a wee bit of self-belief get in touch with Stephen because he's he, what, what a guy he is he, he rung me yesterday for morning for an hour and almost an hour and a half he, he phoned me again today and it's just positive reinforcement and while I'm up there playing I can hear Stephen's voice in my head and well, I 100% be honest I says I, I wouldn't have been able to do what anything I've done in the last 12 months without the help of that it's not a cheat it's not it's just teaching you to believe in what you're capable of and thank goodness he's done that for me and, and it's working and I'll continue to work with him and obviously it's that belief he's instilled in you that helps you when you're in those difficult moments like against Jim and like tonight when you were behind and not playing anywhere near the standard you've been producing earlier in the week yeah, 100%. 100%. I think the thing is, anyone can go out and they can, they can fire off a few bad legs, but I think I'm old enough, I'm experienced enough, and with the, 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 the mental reinforcement that I've, that I've been given, I, I know I'm not out of it, and, and, and you can't battle back. And darts is one of them games where if you start to pick up your game from nowhere and you start hammering in big scores and you start hammering in doubles and decent finishes it's one of them sports where it, your opponent sees it, they feel it then the pressure just switches completely over and I think that's what I've done with Jim and I think in fairness Jim tired a wee bit and I was I, I was still going and I, I could have done it for longer but um, yeah but, but you need to have you, you need to have that that want to always still keep fighting where five years ago I'd have been beat in my own head I was beat I've got to ask the end of that game <coughs> tops went in your glasses went flying they don't know where on that are the glasses alright? yeah Nick, Nick picked them up for me uh, you also noticed I, I didn't even put again I didn't pull my darts out of the board they were left there for the whole of the photographs and for the interviews and everything so they were yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I think it was just... I think I'd already knew myself today that if the winning double went, that it was going to be emotional because my daughter was there and it was her 18th birthday and my motivation for the whole week was that I was doing it for her. So I kind of... Oh, I'm going to get emotional. I'll, the glasses have to go. And I just fired them. Um, they, are, they are okay. Like, they are, but... Uh, yeah, it was a strange one, but and, I, and then I fell to my knees, and then I thought I'd crippled myself. <laughs> so I, I had more trouble getting up than I had getting down. 
but adrenaline takes over and you just you, 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 you're on with it but I know I'll be sore tomorrow we're going we're driving straight from here to Liverpool tomorrow we have an exhibition in Liverpool tomorrow night then we head off on Sunday or on Tuesday morning up to Airdrie in Scotland and we have an exhibition up there on Tuesday night so it's, it's still going to be a busy few days and then hopefully get home Wednesday and chill out for a few days. Yeah, of course. Now, yes. when I spoke to you the first time, you said that your proudest thing in darts was being captain of Northern Ireland and, and representing your country on the world stage. Some greats from Northern Ireland have played at Lakeside before. I was looking at the players from earlier, the photos, Daryl Gurney, yeah. Jeff Wiley. You're the first one from your country to get to a final and you're the first one to be a world champion. Does that make it mean more? This is something that's come up an awful lot this week about uh, you're, you're the first to do this and the first to do that. The thing is, there was guys before me who were the first to play on the lakeside. There was, you know, I mean, Jeff, Jeff is actually, I've played counties with him for the last 22 years. For me, he'll always be a legend, not that I'm a legend of darts. Uh, among others, I, I, I broke the Northern Ireland record a couple of weeks ago for the, the highest average. Um, which was originally held by Francis McMahon, who was an absolute stunning player. Um, Darrell's done it, Brendan's done it, Mickey Mansell's done it. They've been there and they've done it, but no one's taking this one away from me, <laughs> and I'm loving it. Now we'll be seeing you obviously in action later in the year, Europe Cup. You know, you said that that and the Six Nations that you want to be there as well. But when you get back to the tour events this year, you're going to be the man to beat now, world number one, world champion. It's going to be actually surreal for I think we're uh, we're Scotland two weeks time. We're in Ibrox on the Friday night for an Andy Fordham exhibition. Um, really, really looking forward to that. There, I actually met Jenny Fordham the night for the first time. What a beautiful woman she is. Um, want to thank Wayne Dobson for that. There, Wayne has run the Andy Fordham Memorial on October in the O2 in London. Anybody wants to get into it? Really, really nice guy. But it'll be f strange because it's like before I played tonight, I sat out in the hall and I'm sitting with my family and my friends. But every two minutes I was getting, can I get a, can I get a photograph, can I get can I sign something? And I had to take myself into the players' room just so that I can focus and get ready. As much as I love that because I'm a big show off. Um, but I can imagine the Scottish Open is going to be pretty much the same world champion who doesn't um, yeah it'll be strange but my game will not change any I'll still be going out I'll still be needed off going out to, to play for don't have to really play for points now and now it's all about money and <laughs> try and make as much money over the next 12 months as I can talk about money 50 grand richer now any plans for what that money's going on? And you may speak to Aaron I think Aaron's got it spent and all. You know. <laughs> I did. I did say that once, once I won it, I'm going to build a room on the back of the house, a proper, like twenty foot square room, with a dartboard and a, a bar and stuff in it. I'm going to see that one through. I don't know. It, it, it'll go towards the tour, and uh, yeah, money. Money was never my motivation for playing darts. Leaving a legacy was always my motivation. Um, I'll play a £100 competition as quickly as I'll play a £1,000 one. Because if you keep playing and you keep winning, then it's Neil Duff, he's the guy to beat. Which, when you go to the next competition, a game's already half won before you throw it out. Mm. And that was, I've always thought that way. <coughs> and your decision to do the tour after getting to the quarters of the World Masters a couple of years ago was certainly paid off. Uh, yeah, um, as much as what I loved it on the tour before that there, I only really picked up a sponsor after that there. just happens to be that my sponsor and my manager are two of my best friends. Um, they believed in me and I'm, I'm glad that I, actually, I could do this tonight and pay back the, the faith they had in me. I've had guys in the past who, when I was starting out, and they were paying me entry fees for this, that and the other, but I paid that back. I, I've got youth... Josh Rock, I looked up at Josh, I've had other youth players, I still have youth players that I pay their entry fees and stuff like that for. And I think it's good karma because you, you, you give it out and you get it back. And 
I made myself a popular champion. In my, in my own opinion, I think I made myself a popular champion because I do have good friends and I've got good. They're, they're like family to me. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to defending it next year. We made history tonight, so a pleasure as always talking to you. Congratulations. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, my man. I'm now joined by the new WDF Women's World Champion, Bo Greaves. How does that sound? Sounds bloody amazing. I am literally on cloud nine. I cannot compare this feeling to any other. I'm just so... I it's just one of them. I think when you think before the game, how am I going to play? Because that's just so unpredictable. just thought... Just go up there and just, just do your best. And then when I got on the walk on, I felt brilliant, I felt good. And then my darts just seemed to drop in a lot. And yeah, that was obviously a big help. I mean, you looked so calm and collected up there. Was that how Did you were feel actually it? feeling? <laughs> no. Uh, I think when I went one set up, I felt a bit more at ease. But I think coming off at the break, I was thinking, halfway through the second set, come on, get this set. And then you can go off in the break and you can just chill, knowing that you've got a two set lead. And I can just calm down a little bit because I was so like worked up all the time. But yeah, I just handled it well. I thought I, I knew what I had to do when I when I got up there, and I yeah I did. Yeah, I was going to say you came out of the traps very quickly there. Did that feel like when you came into that first bracket two 0 Did you feel like you were well on the way to, to winning? I felt like I was. I, I have. I said to this, I'm, I'm halfway there. Like, you can do this, just make sure that I won the next set, which was on my throw. And I thought the fourth set can go either way. But she was just missing them doubles when she could have got them. And, but at the time, I just had to deal with what was in front of me and just play, play what was there. And, yeah, brilliant. Honestly, I'm, I, I can't believe it. I cannot believe I'm a, I'm a world champion. It's, it's amazing. Youngest world champion in history as well. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you were the youngest player in the final. You broke Fallon's record to do that, uh, and then yeah. you've gone up there and played very well to do that. <laughs> yeah, I just I think before I went on, I thought I wasn't thinking about like breaking any records or over. I don't know. It just seemed to be my day. It just seemed to it just seemed to went well. It's like anyone, any doubt player can say that. Sometimes when you're just on it, you're just on it. Yeah. And yeah, I knew I had to do that. That in the back of my mind, I was thinking. Come on, have a good start. Get your big 20 going. And I was fine. The first game of the week against Veronica, she pushed you really hard. Mm -hmm. The last three games, you've played nine sets and dropped four legs in total. Was there a feeling when you were up on that stage that you just felt that every leg you were going to be down there mm. first every time? I think my first game helped me so much because it was a tough game to come through. That Getting through that, I was so relieved... And I just, I said to my sister, I, said, I was sat in the hotel room and I said, I, I could be a world champion tonight if I win this. I could be a world champion. It's like all that expectation of when I was in the youth and everyone was saying, no, oh, you should be a world champion, you should do this, should do that. But now I've done it and it's like, I don't know, that's, that's, that's the rest of my life now. I'm, I'm a world champion now. <laughs> I don't know, it's just mad. And, I mean... You said the other day in one of the other interviews that if this had been in January, there was a chance you might have pulled out yeah. of it. Does it feel even more special now to, to have come through what you've come through yeah. and play so well to win it out there? I in uh, I think it was it was after the British Open. I said to my sponsor, I can't do it. I, I can't let go of these darts. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling so bad. And I said I messaged him saying took me out of it for, for about I think for about probably a month I was out of it because I had a bit of a break uh, uh, back of October went into November and I said you know what what am I doing you know what like, this is so stupid like what are you on about and I, said, and I was sat in the living room with my sister and I said you know what I'm going to do it Bob I wonder if it goes, if it goes bad it goes bad it goes well it goes well and just thinking back to that now, such like a pivotal moment in probably in my life now that just having a bit of confidence in me and just worked the world for me. And now, whatever events you play this year, whether they're WDF, PDC, whatever, mm. you're going to be the woman to beat now. Does that add extra pressure for you or are you going to enjoy that? No way. I do not care less who beats me now because... <laughs> it's, it's just one of them and no one can take it away from me I'm like, I don't care it doesn't prove anything if people beat me whatever everyone yeah I'm just a chill darts player and I'm just 
yeah. I'm 18, I've won a world title. What the hell? I don't even know. I'm just mad, yeah. I don't care now. Everything else is a bonus and all enjoyment. On the stage, you managed to hold it quite together. You held it together well when you won. Got into the back room, saw your family, and immediately started to cry. Was that just the release of emotion of what you'd done? It was, just because... I lost, I lost my granddad in September and I lost, uh, sorry, August and I lost me, my uncle John in September and, it, and, I, and at the time my dad was struggling really bad and I just think how proud they would have been of me. I think that's where the emotion comes from, thinking about all the people that have been there, about all the struggles and all the highs and all the lows. And then it just sort of gets to this moment and it all just comes out. You can't even, can't, I couldn't help it. I just thought, I just needed to cry and hug my mum and dad. And I, I don't regret it at all. It was, yeah, one of the best feelings ever. I'll let you go now. You've got to go and uh, celebrate. I hear you can be on the karaoke I'm tonight. I'm singing every single song that is ever on the karaoke tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Look forward to it. Congratulations once Thank again. Thank you so much. I'm now delighted to be joined by the woman who's been the face of the WF World Championship coverage this week, Lindsay Hipgrove. Lindsay, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is your first time doing a big darts tournament like this. How yes. have the last nine days been? It's been incredible. It was quite daunting at first, as you say, my, my first time covering a, a big darts tournament. I, I've watched loads of it at home over the years as, as a fan, but actually being here is very, very different. And then being at the lakeside is another thing altogether because it, it's such an iconic venue. So I just felt quite a lot of pressure to really do it justice being the first one back here. But I've loved every second. And we've had 16 sessions of darts now. How's the voice holding up? It's getting a bit croaky, can you tell? I sound a bit like Marge Simpson now on, on day nine. But, um, yeah, it, it, I think Richard Ashdown has had the same thing, little Richard. It's just we've done so much talking over the last few days. But uh, I think I've got enough left to get me through tonight. We'll get on to the tournament in a little bit. But, I mean, a lot of your background, you've been with BT for a number of years doing the football and stuff like that. How have you found presenting darts compared to presenting live coverage at football? It's obviously a lot longer, um, much, much longer days. But, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's similar in, in a way where live sport, you know, covering any live sport event is absolutely brilliant because you, you're looking forward to it and then you're reacting to all of the action and following the storyline. So the difference with this is we're following the storyline through the whole week rather than just through, through a single game. And talking about the characters and the stars and, and, and the different ups and downs throughout the game. So it has a lot of similarities, but obviously it's, it's a very, very different atmosphere. And just the most lovely crowd as well that I've ever experienced at any sporting event. Of course, and it's been, I suppose, nice during the week as well because we've had a variety of sort of legends doing analysis and punditry as well. So is it nice for you to have different voices up there to talk to rather than the same couple for, for nine days in a row? Definitely. Obviously, I've had Wolfie and Tony for a lot of it who are just absolute legends around these parts. You know, they, they, everyone just worships the ground they walk on. So it's brilliant to have those guys. And then dipping in and out, we had Scotty Dog come in, Scott Mitchell, who was just the most lovely man to work with. He was absolutely fantastic. And Glenn Durant, who's from the northeast like me, so we got on like a house on fire. I felt like I'd known Glenn for years, um, and obviously a three-time world champion. So just to get the thoughts of those guys as well um, was absolutely brilliant. And then Paul Nicholson has been here all week, and he's been a really big support to me. He's, you know, he's been helping me out with with sort of stats and things. He's got all the all the details and all the numbers. So I think I must have asked him about five thousand questions this week, and he's had an answer to most of them. So I'm very grateful to him. So, as I mentioned, you've been doing football for you know, about 10 years or so now, maybe even longer. How did you first get into journalism and broadcasting? So, I studied broadcast journalism at Leeds University, and then my route came through radio. So, I started on music radio, working on a breakfast show, which was called Galaxy 102 in Manchester. And I was there for a few years, but I'm, I'm a Geordie girl, so I'm football mad, and I always hoped that I would be able to one day work in football. Um, so I then applied for jobs at Five Live to try and get my foot in the door with a sport radio station. Um, and I started reading the travel news there, which was a great foot in the door. 
and through that, through, through sort of being the travel girl, as it were, I, I built up relations, relationships with people like Eamon Holmes and Danny Baker um, and ended up working on Danny's show for about six years um, as a co-presenter with him. So it, it started like that and then, and then I finally moved into, into television. But my, my first job actually doing live football on television was with Al Jazeera, who are now be in sport. They gave me my first opportunity before I moved into BT. And what was that like, the first sort of in front of the, the camera gig? Obviously, you've been used to sort of doing the radio stuff and I could see you, whereas that was obviously very different. Very, very different. And radio is such a, a different medium. I, I love radio. It's my first love and it, and it has that intimacy. And, and also you have the time to talk. Um, whereas TV, you, you, you learn very quickly. Same with the darts, you know, you've got three minutes and it's like, right, move on to the next thing. You've got to, you've got to be quick. So it was just getting into the, the habit and getting that discipline of, of keeping the questions short and snappy and right so we could fit in as much as possible in those, in those small sections to, to get the best out of the, the guests that we had. But yeah, I had one of my very first matches that I was given to present was an FA Cup match between Sunderland and Middlesbrough, which was great for me as an North East. I'm a Newcastle fan, so I, I didn't particularly want either of them to win. But just as we went on air, the England manager, Fabio Capello, resigned. So everything that I planned, everything that I prepped, literally just got ripped up and chucked out the window, and we had to react to the news that the England manager had just left his job. So that was kind of a bit of a sink or swim moment for me and I thought right this is where you find out what you're made of in a live TV environment because you can't predict what's going to happen in sport and you've got to be able to to react to it. Well, I was going to say we've had a few moments like that this week Richard Rangers wonderful, <coughs> wonderful average nearly hit the nine data. We I wanted that to happen so much I've the whole moved, place did. I've not moved that fast out of my chair in years so <laughs> But I think, obviously, we've also seen the other side this week on Tuesday night when the generators went down. How, as a host, do you respond to that? Because, obviously, it's changing all the time and you're trying to navigate a difficult situation. You're just constantly trying to get the updates with the information, what's happening. But, unfortunately, it it is just one of those things that, that wasn't in any of our control. So all we can do is the best job on air to make it sound as, as smooth as possible and, and explain and update to everyone else what's going on. The only good thing about it, if there was a good thing, was that it came at the end of the match, so it didn't interrupt the women's match. Obviously then the problems continued, so we had to deal with that and, and address it after that. Um, but it, it's nobody's fault, you've, you've just got to handle it and deal with it on the night, and it, and it was just unfortunate. But I think we had such an amazing day of darts the day after it was very quickly forgotten about do you know what I mean we had so many great stories and great matches that following day that we made up for it absolutely <laughs> and sort of a last question before we get back to the dance thing. as a media personality obviously there's an expectation that you're on social media and but I remember watching a video you did with BT a couple of years ago when they were doing their sort of anti-hate campaign on, online. Yes. And you were saying that you basically don't really do much of it anymore. Not as much, not as, much as I did. I'm, I'm very selective, shall we say, over what I do um, because I just found it was bringing quite a bit of unhappiness to me. I had a couple of things where I was getting quite a lot of abuse um, just silly things really that that shouldn't be an issue having an opinion on football seemed to get a lot of men's back up which um, still baffles me to this day but the sort of people who are engaging with you are just not worth not worth the time and actually it can it can really affect you if you let it so I found that actually just withdrawing from it a bit was better for me so I'm probably more informative on it now in terms of what I'm doing, what I've got coming up, and I just keep my opinions for work and close family and friends because I can't be bothered with it, to be honest. So, in terms of this tournament, when did you get the call to ask if you were going to be interested in fronting up the coverage? It was before of the original tournament in January, so it was the end, the end of last year, um, and that's an interesting story because we've always worked at the beginning of January on FA Cup on BT, but this year that's gone to back to terrestrial TV. Um, so I had the beginning of January off for a change. So when I got the email, um, first of all, I was a bit surprised, pleasantly surprised. Um, 
and it worked perfectly because I was not not doing football. So I was signed up then, and then obviously we had the postponement. But actually, I ended up getting COVID after Christmas. So had it have gone ahead the original date, I would have been making a very late phone call saying, I'm sorry, I have to pull out. I can't do it. So actually, the postponement meant I was still, I was still able to do it. How far in advance of an event or a game does your preparation start? A week or two. It depends with football because normally I'm doing so many constantly so it depends how busy I am the week before but I'm always reading I'm always reading the sports pages and the football paper so I'm keeping on top of it in terms of my serious prep it will come a few days before a game but for this because it was my first big darts event obviously before Christmas I was keeping up with everything um, and then it, it intensifies the closer you get and then because everything's changing every day. I'm literally getting up every morning and, and doing more just to try and make sure I'm ready for, for that day. And also, I imagine it helps once you've seen a player once, you then yes. have the reference point for, for later in the week the as well. The first two days were tough because we had so many matches, so many different players, and I, I needed to be on top of all of it. And as you say, once we've seen everybody once, the stories then, then tell themselves. But the Saturday and the Sunday in the first round when we had... What, 12 games a day. Yeah, yeah that, that was tough. Who's impressed you most? I know we're down to finals day now, but who's impressed you most this week in terms of the players? Well, Bo Greaves, obviously, because I just I can't believe how cool and calm she is for such a young girl. She's, she's an inspiration. I think she's going to inspire the next generation of players coming through. I think she's handled herself absolutely brilliant. And I'm so chuffed to see her in the final. Richard Vainstra has been an absolute star this week. Um, I was sure he was going to get through, actually. You know, he, he came so close to that nine data, but the, when he hit the, the highest average, he, he, he was like, I haven't actually done anything yet. I haven't won it. I don't, he didn't really seem to think it was a big deal. He's such a nice, down-to-earth guy, so I've loved watching him. I to think who else has been my who else has been my favourite, and I love the emotion on stage. That's you know maybe maybe it's my football background. I, I love seeing passion in sport. So Kirsty, she's a northeast girl. She leaves it all out on the stage, um, and and Cami, you know, yeah, I, I I like those players. I don't mind that. I know some people don't don't love seeing so much emotion on this stage but I just think it's all part of the spectacle and it certainly makes for better TV Absolutely, and what's been your favourite walk-on of the week? I've got Tebow Treacle's song stuck in my head so I feel like I have to ask Oh, oh my goodness, there's so many good ones, I've been dancing around the room um, Do you know what, we, act, we actually yesterday got, it's not a current player, Richard to get the crowd warmed up, got Tony O'Shea to do his walk on and it and it brought back so many memories so I think that was probably the highlight but I, the walk ons is one of my favourite parts of the whole thing I think it's absolutely brilliant I love the, the crowd reaction and, and all the old school tunes that you get to hear that, that you haven't heard for ages it's fantastic and you said you you know you watched arts when you were you know younger at home or whatever who, who was your favourite player when you were growing up oh well Phil Taylor obviously as everyone knows and then I, I remember you know watching Eric Bristol with my dad in the 80s when I was younger but um, my, yeah, my, my love for sport comes from my dad. He took me to football. You always had snooker on the TV, darts on the TV. So I've grown up with it, really. But I remember watching all those legends. And will we be seeing you back here next year, fronting the coverage in 2023? I'm the wrong person to ask about that. But who knows? I hope so, because I've loved it. Perfect. Thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome. I'm now delighted to be joined by a man we've seen all week at Lakeside doing punditry and commentary. It's Silverback, Tony O'Shea. Tony, how are you? I'm really good. A bit tired. It's been a long week, but yeah, it's, it's been a, an enjoyable week. When I spoke to you the first time, it was at the O2 a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. You were doing punditry and commentary and you said you were still sort of getting used to it. Yeah. Did you feel it came a little bit easier this week? At the end of the day, I'm not a commentator. I'm only a, a co-commentator. So we're there just to bounce off the, the actual commentator. So... It's not a real job for me, to be honest. It's, it's a bit of fun that a lot of ex-players like doing now and again, but uh, people don't realise how tough it is to do, you know, to try and think on your feet, and uh, it's a hard job. We were at the O2 last time, which obviously moved away from here after 30-odd mm. years. Yeah. 
back here this time, does it feel right being back here? I think I was one of them that said we shouldn't have took it away from this place, not just for the financial side of it, because they lost all that sponsorship from the Lakeside when they moved to the O2. The O2 was a great arena, a great venue, but people who want to come and watch our World Championships want to be at the Lakeside, and, and I think that's as the week's gone on, that, that's proved it. You know, The crowds are getting bigger and better. And yesterday, which was the semi-finals day, was probably the best day of the week we've had. And uh, the atmosphere was very similar to where it used to be. And it was a great day yesterday. Absolutely. And the last one was the last one done by the BDO, which has since collapsed. The WDF have come in now. As someone who's played in this system for, for many, many years, mm-hmm. do you have good faith that the WDF are going to be able to take the sport in a positive direction? Well, to be honest, the WDF were always in the background and they sort of contracted the BDO to run the event. They were always the governing body, so they've been there all along. Um, so they know how it works, and, and you can see that because it, it's the transition from the BDO to the WDF, as far as this place is concerned, has been pretty smooth. And I think there was a few little problems in the first weekend, but you know, it's pretty new for everyone again. But they've all dropped into it perfectly, and, and they're a great team, the WDF. And I'm sure they've got. I think it's a five-year plan they've got to get back to our. Know, full houses and, and things like that so, and I think this is a great foundation for it and it's been a great start for the WDF Now you're getting ready to commentate on finals day mm-hmm. and we've got four finals today yeah. for, for the first time mm-hmm. including the boys and girls how good is it to be able to see so much more representation this week? Well, well obviously I mean, I mean the sport is growing so big now I mean it was sort of an add-on uh, having the youth and, and the ladies not too many years ago but now they're standalone events and, and that's where they should be on the, on the finals day and um, and the standards, as we've seen, is going through the roof for the boys, the girls, the ladies. And there's not a lot in it these days. So, yeah, it's great for them, obviously, with the prize money increases. And, and I think I said on comms a couple of days ago, I don't think it'll be too long before we also have a disability final on, on finals day and make a full day of it. So, yeah, that's the way that the game's going at the moment. And it's growing in every, every, uh, every direction. The last time me and you spoke, you were telling me about your book, mm-hmm. which you said was your your pension pot, basically. <laughs> How is the book coming along? Um, I started it not long before lockdown. Obviously, uh, I've been keeping little notes over the years. There was a few things uh, in my past that I wanted to put right, and that's why I said I'd do the book. And I got to about five chapters before lockdown, and I'm, I'm literally still at school. I, I didn't realise how much, how much would go into it, and... Uh, the lovely lady who's, who's helping me with the publishing, when, last time I spoke to her just before lockdown, she said there's actually more than one book here, which I didn't want, I just wanted to do one. But yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of stalled during lockdown, I mean, I think everything stalled. Obviously, I had plenty of stuff to put in the book. Now, with the collapse of the video and the calamities that went with that, plus this COVID, sort of, the way that's interfered with that, there's a lot more to put in it, so maybe at some point I might have to do a second one. <laughs> but yeah, it's been good, I mean... I'm remembering stuff all the time. Over the years, I've tried to log stuff, and I, and I did. I had, a, I had a book, but it's amazing, especially at exhibitions when people remind you of little things, funny incidents that made the night. And I keep adding bits to it, so, but they're all to come. Like I say, I'm, I'm still in the early stages of it. <laughs> you talk about exhibitions. You're obviously a popular name on the exhibition circuit, and for you know 18 months or so, none mm-hmm. of those were happening. Yeah. Are you getting back out now and doing regular exhibition work? Yeah, I was in Germany with Phil Taylor a couple of weeks ago, and I actually played quite well out there. And, and yeah, it's picking up the diary starting to fill again. But I'm one of them. I actually enjoyed the break during lockdown. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years or more, and I really enjoyed that that little break. I lost a bit of weight. I felt better. Obviously, it kept me out of the pub for a bit, so, <laughs> so the health improved. I feel a lot better, like, and uh, I actually enjoyed it. So, yeah, but it's nice to be back, though. I, I, I have missed it, and I've noticed it, and everyone's sort of even more friendly than they were before. I mean, you know yourself what these darts events are like. So, yeah, it's great to see some friends, and, and yeah, it's been brilliant. And do they feel different after sort of 18 months of not doing them, or is it like we've just gone back to where we were a couple of years ago? The thing is... Uh, Darts, whether it's an exhibition or a, a comp, I mean, you just drop straight back into it. It, it doesn't change much. The, the you know, so it's just everyone's so happy to see you. And, and yeah, we've had some good party nights since it's been back. Really enjoyed it again. Yeah. Any sh- stories you can share, or, um, or are they going in the book? Well, there is a lot that can't go in the book. I, <laughs> I wish, uh, I wish I could put everything in, but obviously, uh, <laughs> some of it's probably uh, a bit near the knuckle, to be honest. But, but yeah, I've had some great time. Yeah, I mean, some of the stories at Celtic about we've got our traditional little spot near the bar. Unfortunately, Celtic's gone now, we're back at Green. But, but some of the stories there, just uh, 
it all involves drinking, which you know, so, yeah, we've had some great nights. Absolutely. Now, earlier this year, we saw you playing in the first World Seniors Championship, went down to Kevin Painter in a really, really good, tight game. Yeah. How was that experience for you? Um, obviously, I'm in that venue, I've done an exhibition there before, but it had the feeling of a proper World Championship. A lot of people think, you know, it's just an exhibition event, which was sort of an easy trap to fall into because of some of the names that were there. And I've played with a lot of them guys, John Lowe and Bob Anderson, in, in various exhibitions. Keith Deller, I do a lot with him. He's, he's brilliant at exhibitions. But it was obvious that they'd all practised because I, I was surprised by the standard. All the guys you know, actually played quite well and uh, it felt like a real championship. So really looking forward to the one here in a few weeks. And uh, <clears throat> obviously uh, I've got a tough draw. I've drawn Lisa Ashton in that, so I'll have to get on that practice board. Uh, but, <clears throat> but yeah, I'll definitely be practising for the next two. I'm in, I'm in the next two events as well. So... And do you feel that that sort of... I know they did this, the thing on Satanta years ago, the, the League of Legends, but then that disappeared and there wasn't really anything other than exhibitions, as you say. Do you feel that the Seniors Tour is something that Darts have been crying out for? Yeah, I remember, I remember the Satanta thing, and, and that did sort of have an exhibition feel to it. And I don't think the guys took it as serious. Um, even Bobby was, was getting his pocket out and uh, flashing his boobs, wasn't he? So, but this just felt nothing like that. I mean, it was serious... Um, and it felt like it, you know, everything was right about it. So this is nothing, nothing like the Satanta one. And as I said, the guys practiced, and it was obvious some of them played really well. And that was the first big walk-on for you in a couple of years as well. So what was that noise like when you when the first strains of Hey Baby came on? Oh, I mean, obviously I had goosebumps, and uh, I got the feeling maybe that's the only reason I got the invite to get the crowd going. <laughs> but I, I played alright. I give Kevin too much, uh, too much of a head start, to be honest. 2-0 down, you can't do that, I mean he's been playing a lot of online league and playing really well in that um, so he's still a class player, he's only just out of the pro tour sort of thing, so yeah it was a tough draw and, and he played well and obviously he got to the semi so, but uh, yeah it was, it was magic doing that walk on again and we did a little fun one here at the Lakeside yesterday and again the, the noise I mean, it wasn't a full house by any means but it sounded like a full house, it was brilliant yesterday. I was chatting with Lindsay just now and she said that was probably her favourite walk on of the whole week so. <laughs> Yeah, me and Martin did a bit, and it was a bit of fun just to, you know, before the cameras were rolling. But yeah, it brought some, brought some memories. Listen to that, it was excellent. Looking ahead to the, the World Seniors Masters back here in about six weeks' time, you're playing Lisa, as you said. Yeah. Is there an added pressure with playing against a woman, or do you think because of what her and Fallon have achieved, that's going there? Um, well, it, it should be gone that now because they're there on, on well, better than equal terms, and they both <laughs> played superb darts, and there's, there's certainly more pressure on me because obviously I'm not playing quite as good as I used to and, and even a few years ago when I was playing well it would have been a, a toughie so yeah, it's, I'll definitely be the underdog in that game so I will be on the board in the next month or so, trust me <laughs> <laughs> Now, is the seniors going to be your bread and butter moving forward or having been here all week have you got the buzz to try and qualify for Lakeside next year? <clears throat> well obviously, I've not done much tournament play since, since everywhere opened up again but um, I caught for Covid two days before the Isle of Man but that was my first real big event that, and I love the Isle of Man I was gutted I couldn't go there uh, but I'm at the Scottish next week I intend doing the Welsh and so I'm going to play a few events this year maybe if I could have a, a real good day and, and nick one of them then I'm multiple back in but yeah I'm going to be chasing the ranking points and hopefully sneak back in one day yeah. Absolutely now looking ahead to finals day coming into the week who were your favourites for both competitions? Well, I had a list of eight players, and yesterday's semi between Neil and Richard were, were my last two players in the draw. So, so I've managed to get one in the final, um, and he's looked really positive, and he's playing well. I know he can play better than Neil, Neil Duff. Uh, but T-Boy, he's, he's got something about him this week, and he's dodged a few bullets, but when people have missed against him, he's always been there Make, make the best of it and, and under pressure he's finished them games so I think it'll be a tight game but I, I expect you to win just and then in the ladies a word on Bo Grease and Kirsty Hutchinson have both been fantastic this yeah. week I mean Kirsty, that's probably the best TV performance I've seen from her she scored well finished well and yeah she, she was great she's probably had better averages to be honest but, but I just think with Bo if, if she hasn't thrown her best this week and we know she's been awesome the last few months mopping up tournaments left, right and centre and, and beating Dieter and people like that in finals and, and doing it quite easy so I mean, it's, it's an obvious statement that Bo's the big favourite but you just never know on that stage and like I say Bo hasn't quite clicked she's looked good 
and, and again she's got a beautiful action she's good to watch and um, if she clicks then I expect a, a win from Boya and something I've noticed when watching her as well the adjustment on her third dart as well how much uh, uh, you know, as an experienced player, how much of an important skill is that to actually be able to take a step back and adjust yourself? Well, you, you can't buy that. And, and a lot of them finishes she was doing was the last dart, and they were tight. You know, she got them through little gaps, and uh, that, that's that's a knack that you're born with. You can't practice that. And uh, yeah, she, she seemed to do that a lot actually yesterday in the semi. Third dart was lethal, and uh, but she can be lethal with dart one and two as well. And, and if they're all lethal, then uh, could be a, quite an easy victory, I think. Well, I know you've got some TV work to go and do before yep. play starts tonight, so I'll let you go, but it's a pleasure as always uh, talking to you. Cheers, brother. I'm now joined by the new WDF Boys World Champion, Bradley Rose. Bradley, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm very happy that I'm uh, now a two-time world champion. Yeah, it was a very difficult match for myself because uh, yesterday I played not good for me. But today it was a little bit better, so uh, I'm happy with that, but there are, there are still things to improve. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, very happy to be two-time world champion. Of course, and how, how were the, the sort of the nerves and everything for today? Because obviously you played yesterday, so it wasn't as new today for you. No, uh, my nerves were a little bit uh, less than yesterday. But uh, in the hours before uh, the final started, I had actually no nerves. But uh, then the last hour, half an hour, the nerves were really high. And, my, and then uh, I, uh, when I was on stage, I, uh, I was a little bit shaking. So uh, luckily I managed it well to uh, bring it to the end. Of course, now you're the third Dutch player to win this event. Colin Rolos, Justin Van der Hel. What does it mean to add, sort of add your name to the, the history of Dutch players who've done so well here in the past? Yeah, we have uh, we had a really good Dutch players, uh, as you said, uh, Justin Van der Hel, to them world champion uh, Colin Rolos. Uh, but at the seniors, uh, the legend Raymond van Barneveld. So uh, yeah, I'm very happy that uh, my name is now at the Dutch uh, world champions. And how important was it in that game? Obviously, Charlie played really well yesterday to beat Leighton. How important was it for you to, to win the first set and go into the first break ahead? Uh, yeah, I knew yesterday um, I actually, no, no uh, disrespectful to Charlie, but uh, I, I actually thought Leighton was going to win, but then I saw Leighton missed a lot of match darts and missed a lot of doubles, so uh, Charlie uh, took his chances and uh, so... Uh, he hits, uh, after two sets he hits, I think, 80 average, something like that. But at the end he hits 75 average, so I know I knew what I'm, I was going to expect from him. But uh, luckily uh, he played a little bit less better today. So, uh, yeah, I took my chances in the first set with he missing doubles, so... Uh, yeah, the first set was very important for me to go into the break, then just relax because my legs were literally shaking. So uh, I had a little bit of, uh, how do you say it, cramp? Cramp, yeah. Yeah, cramp in my legs because I sit, I saw, sat in a high chair and then I stood up and then my legs were uh, literally a lot of cramp. So then I do a little, a little bit of stretching. So uh, yeah. Luckily, it paid out well, and uh, I add this trophy to my trophy. Uh. <laughs> Cabinet's getting quite full at home, I imagine now. Yeah. No, we are leaving mon um, tomorrow, so uh, now we're gonna party, and uh, tomorrow we're going home. Of course. Now, we saw in that game today. We didn't see it from you yesterday, and I know you weren't super happy with how you played yesterday. But today, saw quite a few big celebrations from you. A couple of shushes of the crowd. Was that to try and motivate you, or was that because you felt that the crowd were on his side? Yeah, it's uh, the first leg, the first set, when it was in double four, someone popped champagne or something like that, and, and that was uh, really irritating me because uh, I just want to play with respect from the crowd, and uh, it wasn't on my side. It wasn't today. But um, yeah, it was the shish was uh, 
motiv- motivating me a lot. So uh, then the crowds uh, are knowing who I am. So. Uh, Five thousand pounds for being the winner. How are you going to celebrate your win tonight and uh, in the weeks to come? Uh, maybe I uh, give my friends a couple of drinks, but uh, now uh, I'm going to spare it for in the future to uh, buy a nice car or house in the future. So uh, yeah, I'm very uh, happy with the five thousand pounds. Obviously, soon you're, you're 17 now. You're coming up to finishing school. Is being a full-time dart player the dream for you moving forward? Yeah, in the future. My dream is to be to become a per- professional dart player. If that's not possible, then I will just do darts as a hobby. But uh, I I want to try to get my tour card uh, in a couple of five years, I think, because uh, school is at first place right now. So uh, yeah, I want to be a, a professional dart player. So um, yeah. I don't know Perfect. Well, congratulations on your win. I'm sure we'll be seeing you several more times in the future. I hope so. Thank you very much. I'm now joined by Eleanor Kearns, the first ever WF Girls World Champion. Is it sinking in yet? Not yet, no. Um, I think when I go out there and see my family and stuff, I think it will sink in, but it's amazing. How were the nerves before you walked out there today? Bad, very bad. Um, I'm always nervous to go on stage, even though I've been on quite a few. I'm always nervous because you never know what the game could be like. So, still shaking. I was still shaking after the first set, um, but got my head on, got, did what I had to do and won it. And obviously your very good friend Luke Littler played here earlier in the week. Did you have a chat with Luke about what the experience was like? Yeah, I, he come with me to practice, um, give me you know, a lowdown and everything. Um, but to have all the support really with my friends and family and him, it's amazing. And to walk on that stage where you know, Trina Gulliver's won the world title ten times, what did that mean to actually just you know, forget winning, but actually just playing there in the first place? Uh, all my family and friends said... If you win or lose, it does not matter. You were played at the home of darts. And to win it is a bonus, literally. To play on that stage, it's incredible. Absolutely. Now, you obviously are part of the target team. Lorraine and Stanley, I know, has been a big support to yes, you as well. How much definitely. has that meant, having them a big manufacturer behind you? Definitely. It gives you definitely the support behind you and know that you actually can do it. And, and they've just seen Lorraine then. And it was amazing. I want to take your mind back to December when you qualified for this tournament. Yeah. Played Lauren Stoker in the final. Yeah. She missed a number of darts to actually beat you. Yeah. And then obviously now you're here and you've won it all. So. I was actually 3-1 down in that game and brought myself back up. She missed. I took it. And now I'm here. It feels like a jump. But I'm just so proud of myself for doing it. We've recently seen you playing more of the, the sort of senior ladies events, played in the Isle of Man as well. Yeah. How much is playing the older women helping your game develop? Yeah, it's definitely the, getting the experience off them, even if you take a couple of legs off them. It's amazing. And then you can hopefully, when you're playing the youth, then step it up. And how are you planning to celebrate your world title win? I have no idea, but I think a drink is first, I think. <laughs> Well, congratulations once again. I'm sure we'll be seeing you a number more times back on that stage in future. Thank you. Thank you.